0: Welcome to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church this morning. Uh, here now and in all times and places, we worship on the land of indigenous people. And here in Seattle, that is, of course, the Duwamish people uh, who are still here and living and thriving and currently based at the Longhouse on the Duwamish River. Our congregation and many of the members of our congregation pay real rent as an acknowledgement uh, as our as our status of our status as Uh, settler colonizers and of the harm done by European descended churches and individuals. We give thanks to our creator for the stewardship of this land by the Duwamish and of all first peoples. Uh, And this week, um, they're making a petition again, another appeal this week to sign their uh, petition for federal recognition, if you haven't already. Uh, Megan's going to put that into the chat. And I will not be offended if you follow that link right now and add your name to that list. It will not bother me at all if you look distracted because you are, um, because you are taking that action. Uh, so while while I'm introducing our themes of worship this morning, you can go ahead and, and uh, follow that link. Uh, our worship this morning is still in Easter tide. We're following the life of the early church after Jesus' resurrection. And um this morning we come to to meet Stephen, the Apostle Stephen. Uh, and it's a whole journey, some of which uh the story of Stephen is a whole journey, beginning with uh like the neglect of the church's most vulnerable, and then there are cultural and ethnic dynamics that are going on and choosing of new ministers for God's people and this fledgling church and the Holy Spirit is stirring things up, and then with the focus on Stephen, we learn in particular how the Holy Spirit is doing its work and getting attention for Stephen. And we're not going to get it, but then Stephen has a whole trajectory of, uh, similar to Jesus in, in naming truth and then like deceitful, uh, stories are brought against him. And he's called before a, a tribunal and, the stoning, and it's a whole thing, um, a small portion of which we'll get to hear about today. It's a lot to take in. So that's why I'm summarizing it right now, because it's a whole thing. Also to give you time to go do that uh, clicking and signing. But let's continue our worship with our call to worship. Megan is going to share our screen, and I would invite you to read the As soon as I see it, I have to remember what color it is. I think it's brown. I think I'm green and you're brown. So actually, you're going to be beginning with Megan, and I'll read the green portion. Together. Come, Holy Spirit. Enter our silences. Come, Holy Spirit. Into the depths of our longing. Come Holy Spirit, unmask our pretending, enter our trusting, enter our fearing, enter our holding back. Come Holy Spirit, embrace us and free us. Amen. Our our opening hymn for this morning, our hymn gathering is uh, again from Voices Together and um, I'm trying to find as many opportunities opportunities as I can to feature Joanne's piano playing so this is one of those
1: My privilege this morning to introduce you all to James Potts. Um, by way of a brief introduction, James came to us as one of the many COVID saviors, came first as a volunteer uh, to God's Little Acre last summer and into the fall, and then joined the staff uh, as we had increasing need for help. James is calling in today, I believe, from work, <laughs> um, and that work is setting, having. Um become the coordinator of a new uh, short-term seasonal program that we were offered as Lake City Partners, which is to open the community center in Lake City on the weekends and Tuesday afternoons so that there's a day center opportunity every day of the week in Lake City. So, James, I've invited him to come and just give us a, a snippet into what that unique experience has been and the joys that are there. Thank you,
2: James. Good morning. Um, I am alone in a side room uh, with an air filter running so I'll just take this off just for the moment. Uh, It is wonderful to be with you here today. Thank you Pastor Jonathan for the introduction. Thank you Seattle Mennonite for having me. And thank God for the ways that your congregation has shown up in ministries like Lake City Partners to care for the least, the last, and the lost. The Warming Center in Lake City was started as a joint project between the Seattle Parks and Recreation and Lake City Partners as a temporary extension of the Goslow Laker Drop-In Center to fill in the gaps created by the closure of cafes and libraries due to COVID-19. One of the most immediate needs of our unhoused neighbors is a safe haven from the elements and for three days a week, Saturday, Sunday and Tuesday, The warming center, which we might be reconsidering uh, that name now that the weather is getting hotter, uh, acts as such a haven. Anyone is welcome to come inside, get a cup of coffee, have a bowl of oatmeal, cup of soup or pastry, socialize with the other guests or staff, and oftentimes catch a few winks of sleep. One day a week, Mike D., uh, our volunteer extraordinaire who is known around Lake City and Shoreline and North End uh, as a uh, powerhouse of volunteering and organizing. Operates the King County Virtual Resource Center out of this room that I'm sitting in right here and has coordinated with navigators, housing advocates and case managers to get our guests connected to the resources we need. At the door, one of our staff or volunteers greets each guest and screens them for a fever or symptoms of COVID-19, ensuring that the warming center remains a safe and healthy place for the guests inside and allows us to connect guests that are showing signs of illness with proper medical resources through the City of Seattle and King County COVID hotlines. Luckily. We have had no person come through our doors who was running a fever or showing symptoms, and we have been incredibly lucky because of that. Um, Because of networking through Lake City Partners and a veritable army of volunteers, we have been able to broaden the scope of services available at the Lake City Community Center for the time being. I am deeply impressed and humbled by the way that people who just live in the community, are not necessarily associated with Lake City Partners or Seattle Mennonite have just stepped up to fill our material needs, to fill in the needs of time um, and just to be here for us. Uh, We now have a case management intern from the Oaks Shelter coming once a week to help folks out with resources as well as specialists from the Seattle Indian Center doing shelter referrals. We've also been able to refer several of our walking guests from here over to the Goslow Laker main program, and they have uh, been entered into the program there and are getting quite a bit of help. Uh, I am grateful for the hope and trust, and most importantly, the patience that the Lake City community has put into our little project over here, and I'm grateful for you, for your church, supporting this ministry. Thank you. Thank you, James. Mm -hmm.
0: This week and every week, we light our just peace candle to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision for just peace for all of creation. And hearing James share, I truly can say I feel like we are getting a glimpse of God's just peace, of the vision of God's just peace, of the vision of God's reign in the work of community coming together to care for each other. I uh, continue to pray for those who are unhoused and for the growing encampments in our city right here in Lake City and in all of our neighborhoods. Uh, we still see tent encampments and the people who live there. And uh, I pray mightily for the city of Seattle to continue to support those folks, for communities to be able to come together just as they are here with GLA and with the warming center and to build more connection rather than distancing ourselves from those, uh, from those folks who are living outside. And together we pray, we long for a just peace, we pray for a just peace, and we choose to live for a just peace.
3: The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Now I need to share my screen.
0: We're going to continue. Oh, I just see that I'm reading the scripture. You know what? I'm going to do the children's time first, because I'm sure no one was following the worship order for children's time this morning. We're going to continue our, uh, we're going to continue doing our draw along. And this morning I would invite you to listen for, I'm going to read the scripture next, but I would invite you to listen for in the scripture. When we talk about people are being called to ministry And then the community lays hands on them. So here's what I'm gonna do first. I'm gonna start with a person in the middle. And if you have a paper, you can draw along with me. I'm going to make this person look kind of like me. So I'm gonna give this person curls, a smile. And today I'm wearing glasses. So I'll put some glasses on this person. Little nose, here I am. There's a person. Now, what we do, so here's my hands. We've been drawing hands lately. Here's my big hands. You could choose to trace around your hands, kind of like we did last week. Or what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a whole bunch of hands around this person. Because what we do in the church, When we pray for somebody, or when we call someone to do something in the church, some kind of leadership role in the church, or when we send folks to do some kind of a service. Pastor Megan was remembering when she began as a pastor in our church, and we put stickers Not only did we put our hands on her, we put stickers of hands on on her body so that she actually had sticky hands all over her and our blessings were stuck to her. So now that I have these hands all over, and sometimes, especially now, sometimes when we can't touch folks with our hands, we might lift our hands up in blessing If you look at the little screen with me in it, you can see my hands lifted up. Sometimes in Pastor Megan's doing this too, we, we would just lift our hands up in blessing. Now there's nothing magical about our hands, but we do use our hands to communicate with each other. Using our hands is one way that we can tell each other how we feel about each other and that we can offer special blessings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some special blessings in each of these. And if you have a picture of you in the center, you can think about the special blessings to give to that person in the middle. So I'm going to think about start with a blessing of love, or you could write the words that you're thinking of, or a blessing of peace, make a peace sign on this hand. Maybe a blessing of new life. For that, I'll do a little, a little plant for new life. A blessing of new life. What about a blessing of energy? What do you think of a lightning bolt for a blessing of energy? What other kinds of blessings. How about hope? I'm not sure how to make a picture for hope. I think I'll just write the word for that. Hope. I could fill up all of these hands with different kinds of blessing. Maybe, oh, I have another idea. Maybe a blessing of care. I think I'm gonna make some more hands inside my hands, like a hug for a blessing of care. Uh, oh, I have one, a blessing of health. I'm thinking, we're all thinking a lot about health lately. Well, I'm hearing about people getting vaccines we can do a laying on of hands for a blessing of health. I'm gonna do a little ooh, vaccine needle. Even though we don't like, we don't like getting needles. We know that they can bring us good health. Hmm. If People wanna put some words of blessing in the chat. We could do, I have room for a few more words of blessing. We can add a few more blessings. I'm curious if you're drawing along what are the kinds of blessings that you're adding to your picture. Oh, illumination and sunshine. Those are similar to each other because they're both about light, but illumination can also mean having good ideas. So I think a light bulb for illumination, A light bulb for illumination. We don't even see light bulbs like that much anymore. And sunshine and brightness. Another one. Ah, somebody said, awe. ah, is when we feel amazed, just feel amazed by, by something that happens with, with us. Ah, and joy. Oh, how do we, how do you make, ah, you know what, I'm just gonna have to write that one. Cause I'm gonna have to, I would have to be too creative to come up with an illustration of awe and sing with joy. Oh, you know what? Here's the one I'm going to do for joy. It's like the emoji, the little celebration emoji. That's what I'll do. Celebration for joy. I thank you all for all of your blessings. Oh, I see one more. And that's blooming trees, a blessing of blooming trees. So I'll do one more little hand. So these are our hands of blessing. And I hope, And pray that you all also feel blessed and feel the hands of blessing being laid onto you. Our scripture this morning is from the book of Acts. It's from Acts 6, and I'm reading verses 1 to 7. And if you want to continue reading the story of Stephen, you could continue reading on after that. Now, during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists, that is the Greek-speaking Jews, the Greek-speaking Jews were complaining against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The 12 called together the whole community of disciples and said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven people of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we might appoint to this task. While we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. The number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
4: The Church of Christ cannot be bound by walls.
3: Inclusive Bible version, our story this morning begins this way. In those days, as the number of disciples grew, a dispute arose among them. And the rest is just details. As the disciples grew in number, a dispute arose. For as we have been told, wherever two or three are gathered in Jesus's name. A dispute is sure to arise. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So the details, I find them interesting. I'm going to share a few of those details with you, but really the story is summed up in that. As their numbers grew, a dispute arose. The dispute is the Hellenists, who are the Greek speaking Jews. They are from the diaspora. They're from all over the known world uh, in Jerusalem. The Hellenists complain against the Hebrews. The Hebrews are the hometown crowd. They're the uh, Aramaic speaking Jews in Jerusalem, including the 12, the disciples. The Hellenists complain against the Hebrews and say, hey, hey, our widows are not getting their fair share. Our widows are being treated unjustly. Food is being distributed in an inequitable way. And it's not just. And our widows are on the short end of that stick. So these Hellenists come to the 12 who are Hebrews, the 12 disciples. And they share this. And the disciples say, well... We are busy spreading the word of God, and that's what our call is. So we don't have time to attend to this matter of inequity. However, we think it's important, and we want to empower y'all to take care of this inequity issue. So call from among your own group. Call seven, and they say... Look for those of good standing, full of spirit and wisdom. And the Hellenists do that. I'm, I might have been a little cheekier towards the disciples, but they are more gracious than I am. I might have said, oh, you're too busy to deal with inequity, eh? But they, they were more gracious than I. And it says that the community was pleased. And it is true that the 12 have now Um, empowered this community to ensure that there is indeed an equitable distribution of resources. So they do appoint seven, they name seven, we heard those names from Amy's scripture reading this morning. The first is the only name that I'm going to repeat here, and that is Stephen. Um, And Stephen, because as she already alluded to earlier in the service, this story goes on down quite a trajectory, Stephen full of faith and the Holy spirit was one of the six or or was one of the seven. So it's Stephen plus six was one of the seven named and appointed to this particular task of ensuring equitable distribution of food and resources. The disciples then do gather around these seven. They lay hands on them. They bless them. They commission them to this ministry. They empower them to do this ministry among the people. Um, Wonderful. Stephen uh, very quickly is uh, known for, he starts to get some notoriety, he starts to get noticed for doing great signs and wonders among the people. And so the portion of the the reading that I'm not going to preach on, but I am gonna share a sermon from Joanna or in my um, email uh, resource tomorrow, is about the stoning of Stephen it's a horrific tale. It's a horrific tale. Um, Stephen is often referred to as the first Christian martyr. Uh, As Amy alluded to, he is brought before the council because of the signs and wonders that he's been doing. They cannot actually withstand the power of the spirit in him. So they actually bring false witnesses against him. They tell lies about him. And then it ends in this tragic and horrific and terrible mob violence scene where he is stoned to death. And it follows very closely Jesus's own crucifixion story, including Stephen saying some of the exact same words that Jesus spoke from the cross. So I'm not going to focus on that in the sermon this morning, but I think it's important for y'all to know that that's where Stephen is headed. That's, that's what flows directly out of this story that we're focusing in on. There are several very quick turns in this story and I'm going to highlight three of them. The first quick turn that we see in this story, it did not take long for us to transition from act two a beloved and familiar text that we hear almost every year at Pentecost time, or we hear at least some portion of it. Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit descends on the gathered community in Jerusalem, allowing them to speak and understand one another's languages, Spirit shows up powerfully in the community to empower the community for growing and for being with one another and for spreading the good news. That community then comes together, they share bread, they devote themselves to prayer and they hold all things in common. And the text tells us in Acts 2 that no one had need. No one had need because they were together and sharing their resources with one another. Where there was need, they shifted resources. They were very nimble and adaptive. It does not take long for that in just a couple short chapters, to turn into inequity. To turn into some widows, our widows, the hometown widows, to get plenty, and some other widows, the foreign widows, who came from elsewhere and speak the wrong language, to not get quite as much. That is a very fast dissolution from this just ordering and sort of idyllic utopian sharing of all resources community to just plain old taking care of your own more than taking care of the other. Very quick turnaround. The second very quick turn that we see in this story is a very quick turn from, you know, these are the disciples that roamed around the Galilean countryside with Jesus for years. So this turn from this itinerant kind of revolutionary band of disciples making their way around the countryside and taking care of one another and entering communities and sharing things again in common, receiving hospitality, extending hospitality, this itinerant kind of movement, exciting, adaptable to institutionalization, to a division of labors. So the disciples saying, okay, well, we're busy doing this thing over here. So we'll commission you to do that other thing over there. And maybe there are another group will do this other thing over in this other direction. So pretty quickly, they're forming committees. (laughs) They are creating a structure of sorts. They're, for efficiency's sake, dividing labors among them. That's another pretty quick turnaround that we see in this story. And the third quick turnaround that I'll mention is um, how quickly those structures get messed with. So you may recall in this story that Stephen has been called out to attend to the equity issue, the equity among widows and food and distribution of resources. The disciples say, we're going to be out there Spreading the word, you hang out here and ensure everybody's being treated fairly and justly. Um, And almost the very next verse, Stephen is gaining notoriety for the signs and wonders that he's doing out in the community. So he's just been commissioned to this very specific internal ministry while the disciples take care of the external stuff. And then he's all of a sudden doing that external stuff as well. How quickly the Holy Spirit comes in and says, oh, look at you humans and your cute little structures. (laughs) Look at you and your commissions. Look at your committees and your division of labor. Isn't that lovely? Well, I'm just going to stir that pot. (laughs) How quickly the Holy Spirit messes with those structures. So what does all of this have to do with us and our own adventures in being a Jesus following community together. Let us recall, these are the very early days of this community trying to figure out how to be community in the wake of Jesus's death and resurrection. When the disciples were increasing in number, a dispute arose. What is in this story for us? On the first quick turnaround, the first point, you'll recall the going from holding everything in common and no one having need to just regular old human inequities and looking out for our own. In that quick turnaround, one of the invitations that I see is um, just noticing myself how easy it is to cast stones Um, to notice inequities and injustices out there, um, to name and to demand better. Um, And there's nothing inherently wrong in that, in the noticing and naming, and even in the demanding better for those communities outside ourselves. I see an invitation to also pay attention internally to where injustices may be cropping up despite our best intentions. Um, This makes me think a little bit about the documentary Crip Camp, which a number of us watched at our SMC movie night last month, Um, really great documentary. And there's a lot to be taken from that. One of the things that I noticed in watching that film was the need for vigilance. Um, So it was this group of folks working for Uh, advocating for justice um, and for liberation for folks living with disabilities or who are differently differently abled. These prophetic, powerful group of folks working really hard and and they would win something legislatively, um, have a victory. And then almost the very next day, legislators just not living up to the thing that they promise, not living up to the law that was just passed. There was this constant need for vigilance among the activists to to demand that folks live up to the thing that you just said you were going to do. You just said you were going to do this thing. And now we have to sort of make you do it. Uh, And I think about that internally, how, 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 how much vigilance is required to keep to our core values in this early Jesus following community, they knew it. Their core values around which they had been gathered as they were gathered with Jesus were justice and equity and radical hospitality uh, specifically around the table, but otherwise as well. Love, compassion, care, all these core values. And yet so quickly they could sort of divide into an us and them kind of thing. Um, and how much vigilance was required to call themselves back again and again to their core values and actually living those core values. So that's one connection point. I'm gonna combine points two and three, the other two quick turnarounds from the itinerant band to institutionalization and then the Holy Spirit messing (laughs) with that institutionalization with the structures. How quickly... Those movements, those wild, holy, and free movements that turn into committees um, get disrupted by the Holy Spirit. I, again, don't think there's anything inherently wrong with structure and with thinking carefully about structure, how we care for ourselves. I don't think it's incidental that our story begins with as their numbers grew, a dispute arose. What they're dealing with is a scaling up Their community is getting bigger and bigger. It's becoming harder and harder to sit around one table. They don't fit around one table anymore. When they're having to deal with an issue, they might not have time to hear every single person weigh in on a thing. The scaling up is real. And so there's nothing inherently wrong about being really thoughtful and trying to be faithful in how we structure ourselves. So to help us as a larger community to live into those core values around which we are gathered. There's nothing inherently wrong with that structuring. And especially as we think about giftedness, I think that's a particular thing that we can do in a faith community is think about how particular people are gifted for particular things. And then commissioning, laying hands on, commissioning, sending, allowing all of us then to live more fully collectively into those values as we honor and and bless giftedness in our community. So let's think carefully and faithfully about our structures, about empowering giftedness. And we shouldn't be surprised when the Holy Spirit bowls her way through our carefully curated china shops, because she will. This is what the Holy Spirit has done since the time of Acts uh, and does now and will do forever and ever, world without end. Amen. (laughs) We shouldn't be surprised when our best laid plans occasionally get disrupted, upended, beautifully messified by the Holy Spirit who is just going to empower and enliven in surprising places. So friends, may we attend well to our own community. May we attend well, not just out there, but right here to our core values and how we're living those out amongst ourselves. May we stay vigilant to those values that we share that have emerged from our seeking to be a Jesus following community. May we stay vigilant to living into the kind of community that we want to be a community of equity and of radical hospitality and of justice and of care and compassion, a community of love and service. May we keep calling ourselves and one another back to that core. May we attend carefully to our structures and to giftedness. And may we not be surprised when the Holy Spirit dances her way through our structures and occasionally upends a few things, (laughs) inviting us into that dance of surprise with her. May we have the gift of grace and vision and compassion May we have that gift of grace to receive that disruption of the Holy Spirit as a gift. May we give thanks to God. Amen.
1: Was beautiful. Uh, Perfect transition into prayer. As we gather the longings of our hearts and what has been stirred in us, messed up by the Holy Spirit, interrupted, challenged, invite you to uh, lay prayers into the chat for the community and we will include them as we pray through through our hearts and lives and the places and spaces we have concern for. That way, heavy on our mind and fill us also with joy. Ever living and ever loving God, we praise you for your loving presence with us. Come, Holy Spirit, take and transform our societies that broken people find healing, that lonely people find love, that embittered people find peace, that fearful people find hope. Come, Holy Spirit, take our world's leaders and governments and bring renewal, that communication can be open, that relationships between hostile people and hostile nations will evaporate that a hunger for justice addresses the hunger for food felt by so many. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill your church that our worship will be ever more pleasing to you, that prayers will change our minds instead of trying to get you to change yours, that our lives will reflect the living Christ in each action and interaction. Come. Holy Spirit to receive and blow through our prayers that they may be held and carried by your love. We pray this day for congregational discernment, that we will be fully open ourselves to your movement in our midst. We give thanks for the way you are already calling us into the joy of enacting justice, of engaging with questions about our wealth and privilege. May we enter into this discerning meeting with hope and a spirit of inquiry and anticipation knowing that all outcomes will lead to the transfer of some of our many resources to folks who are furthering your vision of a just peace. We pray, too, for the many beloved ones in our congregation and community who are in need of healing and wholeness in body and spirit. For Tim Miro, with one round of chemo and six more of radiation to treat esophageal cancer, we pray that these treatments may be effective and that side effects may continue to be manageable. For Kent McDaniel who was hit by a car this week who give thanks that he was relatively unscathed but pray that he may find peace comfort after this jarring incident which scared him. For Camila Ebersole healing from gallbladder surgery may she heal quickly and be returned to wholeness. For the Kelly Kellogg family who have been holding so many body stresses. For Darren who after coming home from his time in hospital with pneumonia returned because of a blood clot. Now back home again we hope for the final time. May he find wholeness, rest and recovery. For Madeline that she may find permanent relief from her headaches. And for Melissa who has been carrying the burden of care. For Ani Krabel, still hobbled by a torn ACL and waiting for her appointment for a CAT scan and certainty of diagnosis and treatment. Spirit, our bodies are at once strong and frail, fill us and surround us. May each of these beloved ones know your comfort and care in their bodies. Turning to the chat. An update in prayer from our dear ones, Ma, Kelly Kellogg's, that Madeline's headache is gone and that Darren is home and they have such a loving community, amazing friends and cooks. <laughs> Prayers with Via for an uncle with lung cancer and young cousin with metastatic melanoma. Prayers with Jennifer for her grandniece, Josephine Thelma, born on Wednesday and presently in the neonatal ICU to stabilize her blood sugar and additional prayers for her first time parents, Joanna and Josh, in this brave new world. Praying with Rebecca for her grandmother, Janine Allen, in the last days of her life for her family as they gather with her and Squim for safe travels and good health and comfort in their grief. With Pastor Amy for the sick community in Indiana and everywhere who experienced racist gun violence this week, we pray again for people to lay down their weapons and adopt the way of Christ's peace. Praying with Laura Schlebaugh, prayers for our Service and Ed Committee a meeting later today to review applications together that the spirit will guide them. Praying with Carl Lind for his father's successful surgery to remove a malignant mass from his colon and very hopeful pathology report showing no spread of cancer. Oh, Lord. Prayers of hope and gratitude, hopes of longing and grief. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our lives with your presence so that more and more every day, all that we do and say and hope will be an act of worship to you and an expression of love to others to the glory of your name. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. We are grateful as we continue in a spirit of prayer for the gifts that each of you bring to our congregation. Just your presence here is a gift. But we also give thanks for your gifts of money and time and service to this community. And we give thanks for the the ability to collect those offerings digitally. May God bless the gifts that we collect and may God's kingdom continue to grow through all that we offer. And now let us join in singing together or just listening to our closing hymn, Go Now in Peace Worship continues. Three, eight, three, six, three, five. This blessing and benediction. May the Holy Spirit continue to ruffle our feathers and do uh, to make messy all of our neat and tidy plans so that God's kingdom may be built both within us and out there and all around, possibly through us, but most certainly through the Spirit. Amen.